Exodus 2, 1 through 10. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jim Hamilton and I are reading through the Exodus narrative. Here we come to the birth of our deliverer, a fine child, Yes, Moses. And uh, we just see in this narrative how the Lord spared Moses's life. Um, what are your thoughts on the passage? You know, this is fascinating. All through the book of Genesis, the birth of children has been significant for the salvation of God's people. So when God makes the promise about the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15, Adam and Eve really have no right to expect anything but death. And so when the Lord says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, I think Adam and Eve, we're, I think Moses intends the audience to think, oh, they're not going to die immediately. Mm-hmm. And he means, and I think in the event, Adam and Eve begin to think, oh, we're not going to die immediately. And then when the Lord goes on to say, and between your seed and her seed, and he will bruise your head, now they're thinking, not only are we not going to die, we're going to have a child who's going to triumph. And then it... And it, I think they thought that was Cain. Yes. I mean, when they had Cain, I was like, yeah, here yep. we are. We've gotten a child yeah. with the help of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it turns out not to be the case. And then when Seth is born at the end of Genesis 4, same kind of reaction. The Lord has appointed for me another son in place of Abel for Cain killed him. And then we get that genealogy and it's really like they're tracking the line of descent. And so I, I'm inclined to think that when we read here that Moses' mother saw that that he was a fine, fine child, I think she's thinking something like, maybe this will be the one mm. who will bring about deliverance for us. And so because of that, and, and you know, the New Testament tells us that um, they're believing, Moses' parents are. And so because of this, they hide him and they don't, uh, they don't allow him to be destroyed in the river. Which interestingly, um, in verse 3, this word that's rendered basket, it's, it's the word ark. And mm-hmm. that word ark only occurs like in the flood narrative in Genesis 6 through 9. And then here, I don't know, if, I, I think it may not occur anywhere. I can't remember exactly, but I would want to check. It doesn't occur very often, if at all, elsewhere in the Old Testament. Wow. And so I, I'm inclined to think that Moses, who I take to be the author of Exodus, wants his audience to connect his being saved through this ark, through waters in which all the contemporary, his contemporaries his age died, 
He wants them to connect that to Noah being saved in the ark through waters of judgment through which all his contemporaries die. And, and that's obviously a theme that you can trace well beyond this. I mean, the the judgment, the water judgment kind yes. of imagery. The Red Sea, it's going to happen again. And Jonah. I mean, God yep. delivering his people yep. um, and showing his sign of favor in the salvation from water. So, I mean, salvation even, through judgment, we yeah. might say. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, heard that, and, I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, and, and it, it's really kind of a baptism, if you will. You know, so the world is baptized in the floodwaters of God's wrath at the flood. And then Moses is... Uh, the, 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 um, the children Moses' age are baptized in these waters of wrath, and then the army of Pharaoh is going to be baptized in waters of God's wrath, and then Jesus is going to say, I have a baptism to undergo. And it's through his baptism that we're saved, his baptism into the floodwaters of God's wrath, mm -hmm. and we're united to him by faith in that when we trust in Christ and then we go under the waters of baptism. And then so, the provision of Moses is very interesting, obviously, in this passage, too, that his, uh, obviously, his sister is following him, seeing what's going to happen. Yes. And his own mother is able to care for him. Yes. And, and it's fascinating how similar all this is to Joseph, because here you had Joseph, who was sold as a slave into Egypt, and then he's thrown into prison, and, and it's almost like he's in a pit, which is like you know, a place of the dead. And then he's lifted out of that to, mm -hmm. to, to the second in command to Pharaoh. And here now we have this child of these slaves who is raised up to Pharaoh's household. It's, it's right. And it, and it will be that very Hebrew person that was in this place of death that God uses to deliver exactly, all the people. Exactly. Just as happened with Joseph. So also it will happen with, with Moses. And, um, and then another thing I would just point out here is it, it's, it's really interesting in verse 10, when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. That verb for drew him out of the water, it occurs here and in Psalm 18. And now Psalm 18 has a parallel passage in 2 Samuel 22, where basically Psalm 18 is presented in second. So it also occurs yeah. there. But in that, in that place, David is talking about, Psalm 18 is about how the Lord rescued David from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And David says in Psalm 18, he drew me out of many waters. And I think what's happening is David is really comparing himself to Moses. And he's saying, in the same way that God saved Moses, he saved me. Mm. And, and in a way, it's like David is saying, okay, Moses was like Joseph, and I'm like Moses and Joseph. And these kinds of connections are what result in the New Testament authors, I think, um, for instance, Stephen in Acts 7, you know, Stephen recounts the history of Israel, and he really draws attention to the way that Joseph's brothers persecuted and rejected him, and then Moses is, uh, the people of Israel, the people, the Hebrews, they really are going to reject Moses right after this, in fact, and now they've rejected Jesus. And so what, and then at the end of that sermon in Acts 7, you know, Stephen says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And what he means is, you resisted the Spirit when you rejected Joseph, you resisted yeah. the Spirit when you rejected Moses, and now you resist the Spirit when you rejected Jesus. And, and that way of thinking, I think, is established by these connections that we see between these texts. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, the, the child of God, if you will, the child of Israel being, in a sense, persecuted, put to death, put in a place of death by a foreign people. Yes. 
and then comes about that that child brings about the good of his people and the good of the foreign people, yeah. right? And, yeah. and you kind of see that happening over and over, and I think we ultimately see that in our Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, for Jim Hamilton, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.